Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into this Tuesday show. And we're joined again by Colin McLaughlin. And we'll be joined at 1230 on the phones. On the phones by... uh, Jim, the coach, Jim Klein. Yeah, Collins. He's here. already in our comments on Facebook. It's Happy Taco Tuesday. It's Women's Volleyball Day as the defending state champs travel to Spring Mills. That being Musselman, the defending state champs. I just accidentally omitted that. How you doing today, guys? Doing all right. How are you? Doing good. Got to remind everybody the segments or the show is sponsored in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Field and Son, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. There's a bunch to talk about today, uh, but I want to talk about the uh, first. I want to talk about the Ravens game, Nick's okay. Nick's Ravens game, Nick's Ravens team. Excuse me, uh, Lamar Jackson set some record last night, didn't he? It wasn't a record. Or he was broke just, a record for his own career. Yeah, this is his career high in passing yards. And obviously, you know, it was a great performance by him. And I think he's starting to prove this season that he can throw the ball. Uh, you know, people like have doubted him for years, and now he's coming through for the team. And let's hear the final call from Westwood One. Second down and goal. Huddling right now and asking for quiet as Jackson waves his arms up and down. Takes a look at the play on that wristband. And you got to believe it'll be some sort of option for Lamar Jackson. At the five-second goal, Jackson by himself in the gun, gets the high snap, sets in the pocket, cocks his arm, throws a pass, end zone, caught for the touchdown! At the goal line, caught by Brown, Baltimore wins! Line drive, game-winning touchdown throw! Lamar Jackson, the Ravens have won! There you go. The Ravens won. I never said that was going to be an option. They they were not watching the game, I guess, because every time they ran option, there was issues with the handoffs. So I don't know why they would run an option there. But that is very true, Nick. Yeah. Uh, usually it's Kurt Warner, but that didn't sound like Kurt Warner. But, that was Ian Eagle. No, it was Kevin Harlan. Or Kevin Harlan. Was it Kevin Harlan? Uh, it was Kevin Harlan. You're right. Yeah. But I was saying... The Kevin Harlan... Ian Eagle does Thursday Night Football, and I just put in that promo. That's why Ian Eagle's name was on my mind. <laughs> but overall, you know, Lamar's throwing the football well, and uh, that that showed last night that that comeback was pretty epic. It was the first time the Colts had blown a 16-point lead since they became the Indianapolis Colts, and their last loss as the Colts in Baltimore... Or as the Baltimore Colts, I guess I should say, was when, uh, or when the last time they blew a 16-point lead was as the Baltimore Colts, and it was their last loss in Baltimore. Wow. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 442 yards passing, 37 for 43 with four touchdowns, no picks. Also added 62 yards on the ground on 14 carries. Uh, They did not, though, continue their 100-yard-plus game rushing. Yeah, and I think they'll be okay with that. Yeah, when <laughs> you come, when win. you can come back and win in overtime, and have your quarterback not throw an interception and you know throw over four hundred four hundred forty two yards, 
They're going to start a new streak, 300-yard passing game streak. Ah, all right. And then leading receiver Mark Andrews, the tight end, 11 catches, 147 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Marquise Brown, nine catches, 125 yards, and two touchdowns as well. I so. think all of that for him was in the second half, too. I don't think he had a catch in the first half. So and wow. he, he came out in the second half and just went off. And Carson Wentz. He had a good game. Good game. It's just, I don't know, I'm not a Carson Wentz fan. They showed him so much on the sideline last night, and it was just weird to me. He went 25 for 35, 402 yards with two touchdowns, no picks. He did have a fumble, though. Yeah, well, Lamar had a fumble, too. So They both were costly because both of them were in the red zone. Jonathan Taylor, though, he's a running back. And he had a, what was it? Let me see. Let me pull it back up. Probably like 128 or something like that. He had... Rushing, he had 15 carries, 53 yards, and then he had three catches for 116 yards and a touchdown. Michael Pittman, six catches, 89 yards and a touchdown. The defense is concerning for me as a Ravens fan. Yeah, I know. Been, I have them on my fantasy team. Yeah, you might want to stream your defense or something because <laughs> they just haven't been very reliable defensively. And a lot of that has to do with injuries. Um, obviously, they made some big plays you know, late. Uh, Jason Oway's been good for them as as the rookie pass rusher, but you know C- Campbell had the big blocked field goal, which was you know obviously pretty important in that game. Um, but that's a special teams play, not a defensive play. So the defense is concerning for me as a Ravens fan. But I think the development we've seen on offense with the new weapons coming in, Sammy Watkins, uh, Hollywood developing as a wide receiver. Obviously, Mark Andrews is a top five tight end of the league, and then they're going to add Rashad Bateman to that offense once he gets healthy next week. So he's a promising rookie, and we'll see how things come along with them offensively. Yeah, definitely. And uh, who do they play? Who do the Ravens play next? They got the Chargers. That'll so, be a good ooh. one. Yeah, that should be a good game. You know, I think Los is that, Angeles is playing great football right now. Is that a. Prime it's at one PM. Oh, I thought it'd be a prime in Baltimore. Time game. Uh, it is in Baltimore one PM on Sunday. righty. Then they go. Uh, then they host division rival the Bengals the week after that. Yeah, finally a divisional game for the Ravens. It's just like the Washington football team. They don't. I mean, they had some of the. They had the Giants game. Yeah, we haven't played. Or the Ravens haven't played a divisional game yet. So, well, there's. I'm looking at their schedule. Their their schedule is somewhat similar to Washington's in the fact that they play the Browns twice in three weeks, the November 28th, December 12th. Then they play the Steelers December 5th, the Bengals again on December 26th, and the Steelers again on the January 9th. This is the final game of the season. So. It's kind of like the wash. I feel like they're doing that with all the divisions this yeah. year, so because they're it'll be better for TV, I guess, right? Usually, yeah, they have yeah. those divisional games. Obviously, the rivalry gets some intrigue, and then, of course, what it will mean for playoffs. All right, well, let's break into a huge story now. Uh, we we really have to cover because it went down in the middle of the game last night. I was just watching the game, and all of a sudden they come back from break, and Adam Schefter's on the TV. I was like, what is going on? John Gruden resigns, basically forced to resign as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders after uh, homophobic and misogynistic comments that and were racist in, comments and racist comments that were in his emails from the last ten years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, as a leader of a team and a group of individuals that are all very different and you know fit into some of those categories, you, you can't have those comments in your history. And um, 
you know, it's definitely something that in this era too, where people, <coughs> if you have it written down and if it's on the internet, people will find it and people will expose you for it. So it's not just that he made these comments and it's somebody saying that he said this, it's, you know, proven. So, um, you know, that's something you gotta be careful, careful of. And, and for John Gruden, you can't have somebody leading a franchise or leading a team and, you know, have them obviously with the, those perspectives. So, you know, it had to be done and, you know, for the Raiders too. I mean, he still's got six years left, I think on his contract. Yeah. was it a hundred plus million? I think Yeah, it was a 10 year deal. I was going to get a call on there, but, yeah. but yeah, oh, I feel like you haven't talked at all. My fault. It's just a lot to take in. Obviously it's definitely disappointing from a NFL fan to see that on, even though it's not your team, it's still frustrating because it looks bad on the entire league as a whole. And you never want to see something like that from anybody. And you'd think hopefully that uh, at this time point in the, 2021 that it would end but obviously it has not and we see it still on so many other levels and now it's in the nfl with a uh, gruden and he most likely will never be uh back because of it and sad obviously because he was doing so well with the raiders i think they were what three and two now i know they started three no but were on a two-game losing streak <clears throat> and i wondered too it was bad because this report originally came out on friday yeah well so that probably affected how they played you know, on Sunday against the team like the Bears. Also, I didn't realize this. So, this was all recent. Uh, not recent, but in the last six to eight, I guess, three to four months, um, some of this stuff had come out. Do you know why all this stuff came out? No, I don't. Gruden, I'm reading this article from Yahoo Sports that was posted two hours ago. Gruden reportedly exchanged some of the emails in question with former... Washington football team president Bruce Allen. Right. I knew According he was to the New York Times report, Gruden's emails were discovered by the NFL as part of its investigation into workplace misconduct at the Washington football team. <laughs> somehow always gets to Washington. Uh, you know what? Also, I think everything is, bad somehow gets linked to the Washington to, to football team. To make a team. little light of this, you don't want to make a light of a situation like this, but Bruce Allen has cost two Grudens their jobs. John Gruden and uh, Jay Gruden and now John Gruden in a way. Well, they, John obviously did it himself. Yes, but uh, the the only but reason it got discovered those, yeah. the only reason it got discovered was because of Bruce Allen, right? So, um, apparently, though, all the there's people that don't understand it because apparently the NFL did in fact have a written report about it, and you know about. What's going? You remember what we talked about at with the end of Gruden or with Bruce Allen? Is no, with the whole uh, report. Do you remember when we had that discussion at the end of? I think it was on Miller time when before it ended. I think so. A yeah. little bit. It's been uh, a while, obviously. So, so when the investigation of the Washington football team happened, and it, the investigator Beth, Beth Wilkinson provided an oral report of her findings, right, rather than a written report. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And we still haven't seen a written report, but yet all this has come out with the report for Yeah, Gruden, so I just think it's A head-scratcher, yeah. It's kind of interesting to me. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of sad. John Gruden probably never, I would say probably never have a coaching job again. Which is deserving yeah. due to the situation. And obviously uh, he did some of this, 
these emails while he was employed at ESPN. Yeah. So he's never all of them. Yeah. He was at ESPN. I'm pretty sure. So, So, you know, John Gruden's always been one of those people that, you know, you at least find entertaining, but now obviously kind of have to look at him in a different light, I guess. Exactly. Well, we are way behind on our break. So, We've reached our first break. This segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. And if you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. When we come back, we'll have more of the sports mix next. Had a good time since you know when. Got talked into going out with hopes you were staying in. This is Eric from Hagerstown Ford. I want to thank you for your continued support of helping Hagerstown Ford's efforts to be number one in the region. As we get closer to this extremely aggressive goal, I want to recap why Hagerstown Ford should be your only consideration when buying your next vehicle. Number one, we have the best prices from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C., from Hershey, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland. I assure you, price will not be the reason you don't buy from Hagerstown Ford. Number two, we have a real return policy that's better than Walmart. Seriously, if you don't like it, return it. We'll give you three days to make sure you love your new ride. And finally, we'll bring your new car, truck, or SUV to you, just like Amazon does. Never step foot in a dealership again. Stop the silly back-and-forth negotiations that make everyone crazy. It's dumb, and it's a total waste of time. Besides, we hate it worse than you do. Simply log on to HagerstownFord.com and let us make your next buying process fun, easy, and risk-free. What do you got to lose? Visit HagerstownFord.com and let us cater to you. See dealer for details. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for Basic, Intermediate, and Advanced Defensive Handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. Youth Wrestling is back in Martinsburg. Martinsburg Mat Club is excited to announce we are opening registration on Monday and Tuesday evenings from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the Main Street Athletics Facility located at 303 West Main Street in Hedgesville. Registration is open to athletes between the ages 6 to 14 years old. More information can be found by following slash contacting us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Martinsburg Mat dash club. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and today Colin McLaughlin. Let's talk a little um, MLB. We'll talk a little playoffs here in a moment, but I want to um, talk a little Nationals. We're, you know, National season is over, but uh, Kevin Long, the Nationals hitting coach, who mentored Juan Soto and was at the Dodgers wild card game with Juan Soto? He has he's headed to the Phillies, hired by Joe Girardi, who 
worked together with him in New York. So it makes sense. But Kevin Long has been with the team, I think, I can't remember what season he came, but he was there a while. He was before Dave Martinez, I remember, because they hired him. I'm pretty sure they hired him to take over in 2015 or 16. Oh, no, he's been there since 2018. Uh, but, you know, he has moved on to the uh, the Phillies. Long was uh, hired in November 2017 by the Nats. Um, you know, having Anthony Rendon, the all-star and slugger at third base, and then Juan Soto. So, you know, he was kind of there to help those guys in that World Series season where they played extremely well. Uh, there's also more changes as Bobby Henley, his third base coach, and Randy Knorr, his first base coach, have they been moved to player development roles? Uh, there will be at least three positions to be filled with alongside this winner. Uh, bench coach Tom Bogar, pitching coach Jim Hickey, bullpen coach Henry Blanco, and assistant hitting coach uh, Pat Rolser have been invited to return. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that uh, Kevin Long takes the job, but I guess it's with his old buddy Joe Girardi. Um, what, was his contract expired or did he just leave? He just left. That's kind of interesting. Though. But uh, do you guys remember? You probably won't remember. You are Orioles fans, so you're not. Uh, Doesn't mean we don't remember. A couple months ago, um, it was when the whole uh, they were in Philadelphia. The Nats were in the whole like I think it was Max Scherzer and Joe Girardi kind of conflict. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Um, Joe Girardi jokingly said, "K Long, let's go," like to fight. Yeah. During that thing, and I, um, so they'll be reunited, and he will also be reunited with Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Uh, so I just wanted to get that out there since we are a Nats affiliate and are going to return next year, most likely. Just, uh, got that a little squared away yesterday. Unlike Kevin Long. Unlike Kevin Long. Also, now let's, let's move over to some playoffs. The, uh, Red Sox now roll into the ALDCS. I believe they're the first team to do so. Yeah, they uh, beat Tampa Bay last night. There, which is crazy because Tampa was really good this year. Yeah, Tampa being a uh, top team them, right? there in the American League. No, they didn't sweep them. They oh, just no. uh, won in four. Tampa won the first one, and then Boston yeah. won the uh, next three, and they won on a uh, walk-off sack fly last night. Yeah. But it was a pretty fun one to watch. That's what I was actually watching instead of uh, Monday Night Football just because I had it on first since it started earlier. Boston actually went up a... Uh, Five nothing, and then late in the game is when uh, Tampa Bay slowly just started chipping away at the lead. Had a three-run homer, make it five-three, and then I believe in the uh, eighth inning is when they tied it up. And bottom ninth, Boston with the uh, walk-off due to a couple of uh, I believe a throwing error as well is what eventually got the uh, runner to third base to set up the sack fly. Otherwise, it would have been two outs and only the runner on third so obviously the uh sack fly it would have been the third out instead but boston now will wait for either uh houston or chicago who plays uh later today yeah definitely and uh let's look at some other scores from last night uh the braves got the three nothing shutout over the brewers they now lead the series two to one 
Um, the and the Giants got the one nothing victory over the Dodgers, and Max Scherzer takes the loss. Uh, Tim T- Tom Rogers T- Tyler Rogers got the win for the Giants, and that seems like a, a Max Scherzer Nationals game where he loses one nothing. Yeah, that's definitely and becomes a, a losing uh, pitcher. Tough one <laughs> after for giving him. up just one run on three hits. The Dodgers had five hits and no runs. But yeah, it was a uh, Longoria solo homer there. Yeah, for I actually had had that on, and then I it had just happened in the Giants. So. Yeah, uh, but today at two oh seven, the game that was had to be made up from yesterday, the Astros in Chicago to take on the White Sox due to I guess there was weather moving into the area, and they didn't want to even start it and then have to delay it. Yeah, you don't want to do that in the playoffs. Yeah. So it was smart, especially because like pitching wise, you know, you want to have your pitcher, your best pitchers, be able to pitch as long as they can, instead of you know maybe a, you know get to the third inning and you got a delay of an hour and a half and then they can't come back in. Uh, the game four, which could win it for the Braves tonight, is tonight at five fifteen. That's on TBS. The Astros White Sox game is on Fox Sports One, and then tonight. At nine oh seven, game four, which San Francisco, I believe, has put two to one. All of them are two to one. Well, you can win three and win it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all best yeah. three of five. So, so all the series, the Giants have taken the Dodgers have taken the Dodgers to the brink right now, and they're up two to one in the series tonight at nine oh seven on TBS. Could be the end of the line for the team that I thought had a really good chance to win to win the uh, playoffs, to win the World Series. Yeah, yeah, we'll I think we all to... three said that, right? No? Yeah. Yeah. All three of us said the Dodgers? Yeah. Well, I mean, the Giants were the best team in baseball That's for true. a reason in terms of wins, so we'll see. I mean, I think that one probably goes to the fifth game. I think the Dodgers come back and tie it up. I was about to say, the Dodgers haven't announced who's pitching tonight, they so have not. keep an eye yeah. on that. That'll probably be, I would say, in the next three hours, they would probably make that decision. Yeah, because usually, like by the middle of the day, there, um, that'll be an interesting one. And the ALCS is set to start on Friday. It would be two days, I guess, if they went to a game five for the Houston uh, Chicago game. If they went to a game five, it'd be two days after. But if Houston wins today, they'll go on to the CS, and I believe they would face the Red Sox. Yeah. Oh yeah. They have to. Yeah. That's the only team left. Oh, yeah. Duh. I don't know why I just said that. I feel like it's going by a lot faster. It's because last year they had the expanded playoffs. Yeah, that's that's true. But I, I don't know. I feel like it's still it's only October 12th and the CS is already starting. Yeah, I don't know. But that'll be on Fox Friday. Uh, game time to be determined. And the set, game two will be Saturday. That's when the NLCS will start. Um, and then Sunday is the NLCS. And the NLCS will return Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday, and then it'll be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for the uh, games three through five for the NLCS. And uh, that really takes us a look at the MLB. We haven't really taken a big look at them yet for the playoffs, except for when we previewed it. We haven't, we hadn't really taken a look at uh, like the actual games more, more or less on the show because we just haven't had time. Yeah, and it's definitely a uh, disappointing thing since it's been pretty good so far especially the uh one series that already has went final with the uh Red Sox since their last two were via walk-offs 
Oh, yeah, most definitely. And uh, we've reached the end of our second segment, segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just, a, not just an appliance store anymore, cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and by Yeti from there. I bought one from there about a month ago now. You can go. Uh, they're family-owned and operated at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com. When we come back, we'll be joined by Jim Klein, the coach, talking about volleyball. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Looking to buy a home in the Eastern Panhandle? Having trouble getting your house sold? Then call Chris Ross and the Milestone Real Estate Group at Keller Williams. A Martinsburg High School graduate, Chris knows the local market and he's proven it as the number one real estate team in West Virginia in 2019. Milestone Real Estate Group at Keller Williams. Phone 304-579-7349 or go to callchrisross.com. Let's celebrate your real estate milestone together. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. The excitement of West Virginia high school football is in full swing. Braxton Todd cutting right up the middle. He's into the clear at the 30. It's a foot race down the near side hash mark. Look at Adams catch him from behind as he gets to him, but he breaks the tackle. Braxton Todd gets away and goes in for the score. The 3-3 three three Spring Mills Cardinals travel 12 miles down I-81 to take on the 7-0 Martinsburg Bulldogs Friday at 7 p.m. with the pregame at 6 p.m. following the sports mix that's at 5 p.m. right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. I'm about to lose my mind. You've been gone for so long. I'm running out of time. I need a doctor. Call me a doctor. I need a doctor. To bring me back to life Colin McLaughlin, this is literally the sports doctor, guys Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix We're now joined by the sports doctor, Colin McLaughlin He was just a sports doctor, he was just calling before uh, and we're also joined on the phone for our weekly interview with the coach, Jim Klein, who's the TV analyst with Colin for the TV 10 broadcasts of volleyball and soccer, if we have it. But and volleyball freshman football. And freshman football. But volleyball is what's going on tonight. Welcome to the show, Jim. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm the B team of the boys sports. And then I'm second in command to the sports doctor for the Tuesday night women's 
Tuesday and Thursday night women's sports. So I'm, I'm glad to be here today, guys. Thank you. And uh, tonight on TV 10, 5.45 pregame, 6 p.m. JV game after 7 p.m. varsity starts. That is Musselman at Spring Mills. And what are you guys looking forward to? We'll start with Colin. I'm looking forward to uh, getting to finally see the defending state champions again. Haven't seen them uh, in a long time since uh, we had them against um, Martinsburg there at uh, Musselman High, I believe, uh, last month. Or it might have been longer. I don't know. It seems like it's been a while, but going to be a fun one to see them back on the court and against Spring Mills who has definitely been struggling this year but still has a lot of talent to possibly put up a fight against the Musselman Appleman and just want to see where both teams are at this year and I'm all for it. How about you Jim? Yeah Musselman swept Martinsburg on the 14th uh, so that was a you know a, a dominant performance by Musselman State champion Max Preps ranks the top 780 programs in the country. Musselman right now is ranked 169th, which probably doesn't sound very good, but when you consider there's probably three times the number of that in, in overall programs to be ranked 169th in the smallest you know smallest state by population in the United States of America, that, that's pretty impressive. Spring Mills got swept on September 2nd to the Appleman. They lost in three straight sets. So, I mean, you're, it's always a good opportunity. You always want to see the best of the best. So, seeing Musselman get to, you know, have to perform on the road at Spring Mills, it, it should be exciting. Spring Mills, on the other hand, 26. The sports doctor corrected me on the, on the broadcast Thursday night. That 20, he had his, his records were 27 service errors for Spring Mills. Spring Mills has a big lineup. They, they've got a left-hander, so she typically runs in, in the opposite or uh, offhand, as we would call it, but because she's left-handed, that makes her on-hand. Spring Mills has plenty of blocking power. The question is, they just you, you can't make mistakes against this caliber of a team as Musselman. No, I completely, I completely agree with you, Jim. It's definitely going to be a uh, big um, point in the game for Spring Mills if they coming? can uh, get the um, blocks and everything going. Sorry, Nick. You're good, man. Uh, so what do you guys think, I guess, makes Musselman such a talented team? Has it been their coaching or just have they always just had a lot of talent in their program? What, what makes them so much better than most of the teams in the state? I'll go. First off, there has been consistency. I think it's a great point you make, Nick. Coach Marks has been there. I'm not sure how many years. I saw. I read on one Facebook page that he'd been there 12, 12 seasons. So that, without a doubt, is something that adds to the consistency of the program. For me, I was at Smithsburg for seven years, but I had a tremendous feeder program through the middle school. Uh, and then the Washington County Juniors, we had club ball. The, the rules in the state of Maryland allowed me to have four players on, on my club ball team. I coached club for four seasons. So what I chose were uh, the core of 
the talent in my first four years coaching and continued to grow the program from middle school on. I coached U14 two years and then U16 two years. When you have the opportunity to work with your players all year round, it's much easier to get a a group to to buy into that philosophy. And winning begets winning. I mean, you have to admit that. I mean, you look at Saban, Alabama, maybe that's a bad comparison, but it's certainly much easier. And I know high school, we're not recruiting players but from within that school population, you're recruiting the best athletes at a young level to participate in the volleyball program, whereas, you know, when I was at Greencastle, I was at North Hagerstown High School, much bigger schools than Smithsburg, we competed with soccer and field hockey and all these other programs. The team that I inherited went 8-8. Eight and eight. My first year we went 14-3, and three, but I got, I, got the, I got some lucky breaks. Once you start winning, it's easier to recruit those kids in elementary and middle school to buy in to the program, which perpetuates winning seasons. And keep in mind, when I was coaching, Musselman wasn't even a, a, you know, a factor when you look at from mid-'90s to uh, the early 2000s. Hedgesville was the dominant force, Coach Davis. And Skylar Yates and that Hedgesville team pushed Musselman to five sets just last week. So these EPAC matches, as Colin and you guys have said all the time, you show up to play the match, anybody can fall on any given day. Spring Mills has a ton of offense. They just made a ton of mistakes. If they run a close to perfect game, and not even perfect, a flawless game from the end line, you can't give up 26, 27 points against Martinsburg and expect to win. You certainly can't do that against Musselman. But if they can cut that down to 10 to 12 hard service mistakes, cut their their serve-receive errors by 10 to 15%, they could easily be in the match with Musselman. Definitely agree with you, and let's talk a little bit about uh, the schedule change that we have as well. We were supposed to, to bring that up. Bring a Thursday uh, volleyball match with Musselman and Martinsburg, but since Musselman has a tournament down in Hilton Head, South Carolina, starting Friday and going through the weekend, they are actually leaving Thursday, so that match has now been pushed to next week. So we're not going to be broadcasting anything Thursday night. And instead of having nothing at all next week, that Thursday, October 21st, we're going to have the Martinsburg-Musselman volleyball match. So even though this was supposed to be a full week of seeing those defending state champions, we're going to have to wait a couple more days to get to see them a second time around against the Bulldogs. It's okay. You're going to see them both games the 26th and 28th. So you'll get three straight matches of seeing the defending state champs. All for it, especially when they're doing uh, pretty well this year. They only have two losses, and they're both to uh, the same team out of Pennsylvania. I can't remember the exact uh, name of the school. You remember trying to that, remember. It was Spring Grove? Spring Grove? Or sh- and it knew it was something Grove. I couldn't remember Grove, the first that's from one. from my area. They lost to Spring Grove on the 25th. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and they've lost to them a, uh, another time around yeah, as Grove. well this I year. I didn't know well, they were good at volleyball. They lost in, I guess they would have lost in the uh, one of those tournament things where they yeah, could only September go 4th, one it's set. The one that t- they ran out of time. They lost uh, one set on the 4th, and then they uh, lost two to one on the 25th. 25th. There you go. Yeah. yeah, other than that, Musselman here in the state is obviously the uh, – team to beat and they have been for a long time that's why they're the seven-time state champions and 
It's well, going to be a tough one tonight. I guess we will not have. I guess this is not. I don't know what they might have changed the schedule. But uh, what your schedule has is uh, they're they're not playing Smithsburg. Okay. Oh we'll my goodness! Don't that. tell me that. Uh, That's what I on the twenty eighth. There's so they've changed the game. Like on Max Preps, I'm presuming this is correct because the game got switched already to the twenty first versus Martinsburg. There's only the twenty sixth. There's no tw- game on the twenty eighth. Yeah, that, that that would be heartbreaking for me. In 1995, I, I only dressed nine kids. I moved a scrawny freshman to the varsity team who was the best pa- best overall passer. And she started to develop a little bit of uh, like aggression. I thought that she could hit the ball. Her name was Rachel Bakedal. Rachel ended up starting for me for four years along with another freshman named Carrie Brennan. Carrie Brennan ended up setting the all-time kills record at the University of Maryland in College Park. Rachel Bakedal went on to be, right now, is the winningest coach in Smithsburg volleyball history. She won a title with me in 98, went off to college four years later comes back takes the head job Rachel has won 10 I think it's 10 or 11 state championships since 2003 I mean that can't be right Uh, maybe it's 10 state championships since 2001 something like that 2011 the point is Smithsburg knows how to win, and whether or not this is a down year or a, you know an off season, which I can't evaluate. I've not seen them play this year. Smithsburg, I would think, would bring a game to to, to Musselman. I could be wrong. I, I just looked at the revised Max Prep schedule and had the game the twenty first, and then their last game is against Hedgesville. Hedgesville on the twenty sixth. So I don't I, I I could I don't know if I'm correct or that's I don't know if that's correct or not. It could you know that game could still be happening. I don't know. Yeah, that's cool because the the, the deal is Hedgesville has already taken Musselman to the ropes. Um, so we're going to get to see that. We're going to get to see Martinsburg on the 21st. And, and as you guys have said millions of times, EPAC, anything can happen any given day. One of these teams could fall. Musselman did lose last year a couple times. I think they lost to, what was it, Hedgesville and Spring Mills. Um, yet Spring Mills, Martinsburg couldn't beat Spring Mills. I mean, it, it, there's just, there is parity there, and that's what you hope to see. Musselman could fall in one of these last three or four matches. Matches. Although unlikely, with all of the experience that they have and the, and the overall talent, it's unlikely, but it definitely can happen, and that's why we play the matches. Jim, on the Spring Mill side of things, too, Anaphobo has been uh, you know, one of the top players in the EPAC. What, what makes her so special, and, and why should uh, people tune in to see her play tonight? She can hit from anywhere. I mean, we saw we saw attacks in situations where the passing was so bad. She's getting set at 15 and 20 feet, and the timing that's required to be able to t- attack the ball. The net is seven foot eleven and a quarter inches, or something like that. To be or seven foot four and a quarter inch to be able to hit the ball at the eight foot eight four mark and create downward trajectory with such force to beat the block and get the kill, it's absolutely unbelievable. And Spring Mills is very aggressive. They ran a style of offense somewhat similar to what I run, which is low passing, fast passing, and there's no point in, in sending a free ball that's going to get shoved back down your throat. A Fobu, that's what she brings to the table. She, she swung away every chance she could 
could from anywhere on the court, which gets the other team out of system, and then hopefully you get a free ball back if they return it, which is another opportunity to create offense. The other thing is she's got a complement of players around her. Stevens is a left-hander. She's listed at 6-1. A 6-1 person standing in front of Hannah Howard, that could cause a ton of problems. And it's not something you see often. When you're running a 6-2 and you have a, or a 5-1 and you have a smaller setter in the front row, Hannah Howard gets to tee off. Any of those sets push beyond the middle blocker. A Fobu definitely brings offense to the table, but Spring Mills brings bring size on defense that's hard to replicate, which could get into Musselman's head. And once you lose confidence, momentum is such a fickle beast. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I want to bring one point up, uh, then we'll probably let you go as we're kind of running short on time. Um, I did not realize, just because I've not been you know, studying as much volleyball and prepping as much as Colin has, that that last game, I get now the last game, the 26 versus Hedgesville, it's going to be the volleyball EPAC game of the year, really. Oh, 100%. I, did, I, just did, it did, I just didn't realize that they were both, you know, in the, according to Max Preps, in West Virginia, they're number one and three in the state, and Shady Spring is the only other team between them. The only other team that is in the top three besides Musselman and Hedgesville is Shady Spring. So that'll be a great game that you guys will have in, in I guess, two Tuesdays from now. Yeah, yeah it's Tyler Yates for Hedgesville. She was the Gatorade Athlete of the Year in the state of West Virginia. I mean, l- l- let's be real. She was considered to be the most dominant student-athlete, female student-athlete. I mean, when you've got that player on the court, that you know, gives you the great opportunity to win. If they can move the ball and get her in position to take the big swing, certainly Hedgesville could be the, the mark to upset. It's a tough road to hoe. they got to drive to Musselman for that match. Yeah, so don't forget, 5.45 pregame tonight, 6 o'clock is the start for JV. It is the Musselman Appleman at Spring Mills High School. Should be a fun one. The defending state champions taking on an EPAC foe. And as we've been saying, any team can win on any given night in the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference. Yeah, definitely. And thanks, Jim, for joining us. Also, thanks for uh, the endless amount of Reese's that you've given us over the last two weeks. Uh, have a great rest of your work day, and we'll see you at around 4.30-ish, 5 o'clock, 6, 5.15, whenever you get there. Yeah, you got it, guys. Thanks a lot. That was Jim Klein, the coach, WRNR TV 10 volleyball soccer and I guess freshman football analyst. We'll be back to wrap things up next on the Sports Mix. This segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com and we'll be back next to wrap it up. Yeah, I ain't hating on them boys. Grew up locking their doors. There's all kinds of boys up under the sun, son, but this one's for with four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. 
This year's Mountain State Apple Harvest Festival features two fun-filled days at the Berkeley County Youth Fairgrounds with events for the entire family to enjoy. Join us Saturday, October 16th and Sunday, October 17th for two days of activities including food trucks, pop-up shops, apple contests, a live concert, and a special appearance by sports celebrity Daryl Strawberry. There's so much to see and do at this year's Mountain State Apple Harvest Festival. So like us on Facebook and stay up to date. MSAHF.com. Hi, my name's Corey, and I'm here at Orsini's in beautiful Martinsburg, West Virginia. We no longer specialize in only appliances. We have kitchen design, countertops, cabinets, flooring, and even a new 1,200-square-foot sleep studio with brands such as Stearns & Foster, Sealy, and Tempur-Pedic. 304-267-7251. 360 Heck Wilson Way in Martinsburg. We price match the big box stores, and we give back to our local community. Orsini's.com. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stephen Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your Tuesday, October 12th. The segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. And we'll, we'll, we'll kind of mix it up here for this final segment of the Sports Mix. We'll talk a, a variety of things, but let's first continue a little local angle as today in about an hour and seven-ish minutes, whenever their website, I guess, technically updates at 2 p.m. or whenever they choose to put it on their website around 2 p.m., the WVSSAC will release the week seven, the post-week seven playoff ratings. And um, I'm interested to see if maybe facing an Ohio team could have maybe pushed Martinsburg above Huntington. I would think it's still going to be the same. Yeah. It depends I mean, on, I guess, uh, population-wise what um, Riverside is for their school and what they would technically classify as for West Virginia because I believe that's how they yeah, that's look yeah. at it for out of state. So it, yeah. I, I'd probably guess that they are the uh, same size as a AAA here in West Virginia. So that should be, I think, what, 12 points for that. Yeah. Plus the five bonus points as well. Yeah. So go from there. All right. Well, let's just kind of, since we got a couple minutes, let's talk about what games are happening this week. As you heard during the show with the promo, Spring Mills visits Martinsburg on Friday. Spring Mills 3-3, three and three, Martinsburg 7-0. and oh. And then, uh, let me, where are we at? I got Jefferson has a week off this week. They're currently 7-0, and oh, so they'll get a bye week before they have to play Martinsburg next week. Um, Washington heads to 
two and four Washington heads to zero and five Preston. Uh, Musselman hosts two and four Musselman hosts two and two Wheeling Park, and I think and then Hedgesville hosts three and four Hedgesville hosts four and zero Princeton, and that's really the EPAC for this week. But some other big games in the state going on. George Washington travels to Huntington to take on Cabell Midland, four and two versus six and one. Uh, Spring Valley travels to Charleston to take on Capital. Should be an easy one for Spring Valley, but I do believe Capital put up a fight with I think George Washington last week. They may have, I don't know. Yeah, I can't um, exactly remember what I saw. I remember River, uh, no, who all was this it? it was somebody because I remember they had a fight going on with Huntington a little bit, but Huntington pulled away in the second half. Yeah, that's what it was. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Capital was up, I think, at halftime, and then Huntington ended up winning like thirty to. Oh no! Last week they only beat Cabell Midland, or Cabell Midland only beat them fourteen nothing. Oh yeah. So well, that's because the game got canceled at halftime. Yeah, that was the lightning. I forgot about that one. I totally. That was my. I still can't believe that Capital forfeited the game when they're only down fourteen at the half. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Fourteen's not enough for me to forfeit. Personally, Huntington never forfeit. 7-0, 7-0, and num- currently number one Huntington host, 2-5 and five St. Albans, so probably an easy win for them. Uh, Brooke, 4-1 and one Brooke, travels to 4-2 and two John Marshall. Um, let me see if there's any other good games. I guess 4-2 and two Greenbrier East travels to 1-6 and six Ripley. That'll be probably an easy win. South Charleston, the 5-1 and one team that has kind of been an interesting 5-1 and one team. Shouldn't they be 5-2? and two? They're five and one, is what this has meant. I think they had a buy. They lost to Spring Valley and Huntington, right? Did they? Unless Metro News is incorrect. I don't know. I have to they look lost at their to schedule. Spring Valley. They have not. They play Huntington in two weeks. Oh, okay. That's what it was then. They'll yep. lose to Huntington. But they only beat Parkersburg by seventeen points, thirty-eight twenty-one last week. Okay. So that's why I'm saying they're an interesting team. Because they're defending state champions during that COVID season. That's not a state championship. Okay. They got the banner. They have. I'm just saying, factually, no on the books, people there, can there argue no this game. as much as they want. There was no game. There actually was no game? No. There was no state championship games at all. All oh, three yeah, got I canceled. I forgot. They were just named. Yeah. yeah. My fault. Didn't live in the state. Totally forgot. Uh, but South Charleston 5-1 and one, travels to Riverside 1-5, and five, so that should be an easy win. Hopefully. If you're... South Charleston, that's an easy win. Uh, but the WVSSAC rankings come out at around 2 p.m. today. Uh, we'll have them tomorrow. I'll have them tomorrow on the morning news, and then we'll talk about them. We'll break them down on the show tomorrow. Uh, but now let's move over to the NBA. Uh, getting ready, I think, what, we're, uh, we're a week out? I think we're a week out from the start of the NBA season. Yeah, about. Uh, Brooklyn Nets say Kyrie Irving won't practice or play until eligible under the local COVID-19 vaccination mandate. He will not play until he becomes a full participant under the local COVID-19. That's what GM Sean Marks said today. Um, COVID-19, New York City's COVID-19 vaccine mandate requires a person to have proof of at least one COVID-19 vaccination shot to enter indoor gyms, including Barclays Center, home of the Nets, and Madison Square Garden, home of the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, so that could be really interesting, like for hockey as well. It will be, yeah. Uh, you know, Kyrie, his off the court antics have been certainly a, a situation, and it seems to be holding Brooklyn back a little bit. So, while I, I don't 
think you know you can really force somebody to get a vaccine obviously though in this situation it's like you either get it or you're sacrificing stuff for your team so exactly exactly it's 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 a very it seems very selfish to me that's what uh, yeah definitely you have any thoughts on it colin no i agree it definitely somewhat seems selfish other but agree at the same time that you can't force somebody to get the vaccine if they don't want it yeah, definitely. And if you're itching for some NBA basketball, you can tune in tonight at 645 right here, Talk Radio WRNR. We will have the Wizards preseason game as they host the Raptors. The Raptors. Uh, pre-game 645, 7 p.m. tip-off. Dave Johnson doing play-by-play for the Wizards again. Uh, and then the uh, the NHL starts tonight. Uh, we'll start tonight. It's on ESPN. ESPN, ESPN Plus, 730. The Penguins travel to the Lightning. 10-15, the Kraken open up, the Seattle Kraken open up their team against the other latest expansion team, the Golden Knights. That is at a 10-15 on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. For Jim Klein for coming on the show today, for Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzlingham, I'm Spencer Please saying so long.